welcome back to My Best Friends and Engineer. I'm Libby. And I'm Lexi. And today we had on Caroline. Caroline is a software engineer and she told us all about her transition from um, working as a software engineer post-grad to starting her new managerial position and managing a team of four people that are reporting to her. It was a really great episode um, of all things career. And especially if you are someone who is a software engineer or you're thinking of majoring in software engineering or computer engineering or anything of that vein, I definitely recommend that you keep on listening. But before we get into it, Lexi, what's your tea of the week? How has your week been? My week has been good. I don't have anything crazy work-wise, but today it was kind of one of those slow days, you know, when you're like just so tired and you have so oh, much caffeine and you're just I like so days. ready to fall asleep. Yeah. So nothing too crazy work-wise, but I do have an exciting little project. It's like a little personal project. Um, so I've had this furniture in my room since high school. So like yeah. years. And it's Ikea. Nothing wrong with Ikea, but it's just like the very plain, basic, Standard. flat furniture. Yeah. Yes. So it's, and it's black. So I guess I thought that was really sleek in high school or something. But I am now entering my light wood era. Like, yeah, like, like I, <laughs> like I would like like the East Coast, maybe not too beachy, like but like like grandmother vibes. It depends on what type of grandma. Like a cool mm, grandma, okay. yes. Like a trendy, like, like, like more coastal modern. grandmother. I was thinking yes. coastal grandmother. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm now starting that project and I want to get, you know, furniture that I can kind of maybe take with me when I Ooh. head out, head out to a little different place, but I'm kind of excited for that. And I think I was always torn. I was like, okay, I don't need this. This is not something yeah. I need. I have very good furniture but right now yeah. at the point where I'm like, okay, I'm willing to, you know, splurge a little bit and get something that's good yeah. quality and like cute and I don't know, because you can see in the back, I have no decorations. Like, I like, it's very plain. It's like a hotel. My mom comes in and she's like, this is so depressing. She's like, I'm like, okay, thank you. <laughs> Your mom. But, um, <laughs> but, like, I want somewhere where it's minimalistic, but also it kind of feels like, you know, a little bit more of my personality. So I'm starting that, and this is not something that's going to be fast, because I take, make really long, like, it takes me so long to make a decision. So... Because my mom's like, oh, we should order a bed. Like, we're looking. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. This is going to take me a month to decide what I yeah, want. Yeah. Like, like, so I'm excited. So I'm going to start that. And, like, I don't know. I was, like, watching Emma Chamberlain's little. Um, oh, my God. Her, her AD. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, oh, my God. I was, like, <gasps> I was yes. freaking out. Yeah. And so I was going on the AD, like, website. I've never heard of them Oh, before. God. So, yeah. You, so I, was I bet you went down a rabbit hole. Yeah. So then I started thinking, oh, my God, I can make that. Like, oh my god, Michael's oh here to come. <laughs> no, I can't make that, <laughs> but I'm gonna try. So, you're an engineer, you can make that, <laughs> right? So, so that is what is exciting in my life. Other than that, what else we got going on? Nothing, honestly. I, that's <laughs> <We're> so <laughs> entertaining. We're like, what's going on in our lives? Um, nothing, literally, nothing. <laughs> yeah, so, but I'm excited for that. So, I'll keep you guys updated as progress is made. So, that's why I need yeah. Series, but I'm so excited because I'm looking right now. You can't, you can't see me if you're listening, but Libby can see me looking at this towards right towards this ugly ottoman. It has all my bags in it, and it's so ugly. It's just the ugliest thing ever. It's fabric. Get that bad energy out of here. We do not need it. Throw it out my window, and I can't. Throw it out the window. (laughs) So, so yeah, we're making moves. Okay, how about you? How has your week been going? Oh my god, it's been good. Um, it's been good. I went to the apple orchard with Brett and his nieces over the weekend. 
I have never been to an apple orchard before. I'm an apple orchard virgin. And, well, no longer. <laughs> Not anymore. Virginity. Not anymore. <laughs> and um, it was so cute because his nieces are three and five. And so they were like so excited, running around, picking up apples. And <laughs> we each got bags and you had to like fill the bags. And it's like you pay for the bag, whatever. And then you get to fill it with apples. And Brett's one niece, she did not want anybody to fill her bag. And we were like, girl, we paid for you to fill your bag. Like, let's get some fun <laughs> apples. And she just, like, wanted to carry it around, like, a little accessory. And then she got really mad when anybody tried to fill her bag. So that was kind of funny. Um, but that's what I did over the weekend. And then work has just been... Oh, work has just been crazy. My boss, I feel like we're in a transitionary period. How fitting for this episode. But we're, mm -hmm. like in between moving on to a new project and I'm kind of like almost in cleanup phase on my current project which it's not like I didn't start the project so I'm kind of like cleaning up somebody else's doings you know because mm -hmm. they're no longer with the company which is my awesome boss, right it's probably so fun you know they probably documented did everything you see my right they probably did you like see my left like a good paper trail right with all their decisions justifications right? all their documentation <laughs> all their decisions like yeah, yeah. Um, and my boss keeps being like, this is not usually how the job is. I think my boss is right. I'm going to leave because I keep just like finding things that like, you know, I'm having to button up. Yeah. yeah. And, like and I'll like knock on his door and I'll be like, so found another thing. And he's like, oh my God, can you stop looking? And I'm like, I'm can sorry. You stop looking? <laughs> I think that's the best way to be though. That the fact that your manager is nervous about you leaving. Good yeah. sign. Good sign. You're like, you're like, let me find something else. <laughs> I cheer on top. <laughs> Literally. So that's like what I'm going through with work right now. So it's kind of tough because I'm like losing motivation a little bit. Cause I'm like, I want to like actually, you know, start a new product, but I haven't done that yet. So like, I don't know. I know it's going to come soon, but, um, yeah, that's what I've been working on. Um, yeah, we can just leave it at that. I'll put it there. <laughs> yeah, I feel Amazing. like I have no other updates. I think we could probably get into our listeners tea of the week. You want to go ahead and share what entry we got for this week? Yes. All right. So Penelope says, confronted my roommate about an issue we've been having since the start of the semester and it went well amazing congrats and I you might think that's not something to say congrats to but it is because especially when you're an undergrad what, like I know girl like it's tough like having the roommate situation you know you're mm -hmm. angsty some days so the fact that it went well congratulations that is good good that it didn't blow into something huge so and you know what you're gonna be able to use that skill of confrontation in your working career <laughs> because that is one of my biggest weaknesses so you were just prepping nice job yep <laughs> put it on the resume <laughs> okay um shannon just got a research opportunity for next semester congratulations that's so amazing and i'm sure you're gonna do awesome at research next semester yes spoiler alert our interview we had an awesome research opportunity so stay tuned to find out what it was Yes. And as always, if you guys like this podcast episode, please be sure to share it on your Instagram stories, leave us a five-star rating and review, and make sure you're following us on Instagram because, you know, we always have good professional development events that you can attend and keep up with us over there. Yes. And especially on our Instagram, we have our little event coming up in what, like three, two weeks, two-ish weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks, I think. Yeah. So go check it out. 
yes, be sure to check out the tickets. They're linked in the show notes. Um, we only have limited quantity, so make sure you're signing up for that when you hear this episode so that you can reserve your spot to join our negotiation workshop. And without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome, Caroline, to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on, my best friends and engineer. For those who don't know you, would you mind starting off with giving us a little bit of background about who you are, um, what you do, maybe what your schooling looks like, what you're doing for a career, and then what hobbies you enjoy on the side? So my name's Caroline. I actually recently got married, so I might have a new last name by the time this episode comes out. I'm not sure when you plan on releasing it, but like in the whole process of getting the last name changed. So my name is Caroline Edmonds, soon to be Caroline May, and I work for a company called Windstream. It's a telecommunications company. And I'm a so- trained as a software engineer, so a lot of the work that I do is in software engineering. I work specifically in a uh, platform called QuickBase. It's something that we bought from QuickBase itself, so it's kind of like software as a service, if you've heard of that term. And it's honestly like a really souped-up version of Notion. Uh, I remember the first time that I was using Notion which Livia, like I actually saw from you, like you were one of the first people that I saw using Notion. I was using it and I was like, this really reminds me of QuickBase. It's like putting in data fields, you know, setting data types, building relationships to the various tables. And so really the application that I work in is like a souped up version of that that's able to take on thousands upon thousands of users for a business and it's able to handle various apps um, that can also integrate with other platforms so that business units have all of their data in one place. You can build graphs, you can uh, do different visualization type of stuff. Um, It's just like a really great souped up version of Notion. That's like the best way for me to describe it. Uh, And also the easiest way for me to describe it. Like whenever I describe it to my friends, that's how I say it. And they're like, oh, totally. Like I could see how businesses could use that. And like, it'd be great for graphs and visualization and like just having all the data in one place to like see what's going on, Um, able to filter it, whatever. But what I mainly work on is customizing it for different business units. So taking their scope of work, what they need, uh, building out the app to suit those needs. So building out different forms, uh, different tables, different graphs, um, and then also doing integrations with other software or other systems to have all their data in one place. So, you know, think API calls, uh, you know, taking stuff from Facebook and having it on Instagram, like all in one place kind of thing. So, you know, Facebook and Instagram, uh, it's one of the easiest ways to kind of explain what API calls are. Uh, So those two systems are integrated. They share lots of data. All of that data is being transferred with uh, API calls Um, and sending sending the data back and forth being triggered by whatever event all the automations and whatnot to have that all synced up. So that's kind of in a nutshell what I do. I recently just got promoted to a manager position. So I have four people under me 
And we really split that based off of how our business, uh, how our company itself has just recently split off. So there is uh, two different sides of the telecommunications company that I work for. And so my boss took on more of one side of it and I took on the other side. Um, but we're still heavily working together as a team. Um, there's nine or 10 of us all together. Uh, so he has five people, I have four people. Um, and then we, we all still are trying to accomplish the same goal, all still have a lot of like the same skill set. Uh, it's really just, you know, I'm working on this side of the business. So I support these groups within the company and he supports and he and his team supports this other group of people within the company. That's basically how we split it off. But that's still a pretty new thing for me. I've only been in it for like a month. Um, so very, very new, but I'm sure we'll get more into that later on in the episode. Um, let's see, besides that, uh, really my hobbies, my big thing and how I found you guys was from Instagram. So I have an Instagram kind of for my dog, but I show myself a lot on it as well. Uh, but it's my life with, with my dog, Layla. She's a huge part of my life. I mean, so, so much that I made her an Instagram and like incorporate her into things on there every single day. Uh, love sharing about her. But really, like what I have found is that she brought out a lot of anxiety whenever I first got her. Um, and she was my invitation to a lot of like my mental health and healing process. Um, so I talk a lot about that and a lot about how like I've learned lessons from her, from being a dog owner, um, and different ways to like build your relationship with your dog, but also how the relationship building and lessons and communication can transfer over into other areas of life, like your job or your partner or your friend. So that's really what I do on the side, along with just like being outside, hanging out with my husband or my best friend. Um, current fixation is like dancing with the stars so <laughs> going over to my friends every Monday to watch that because uh, she has Disney plus and I don't and I'm kind of mad that it's only on Disney plus now and not on Hulu or other platforms <laughs> it's like the one thing that I'm really heated about right now <laughs> amazing first of all congratulations on the wedding congratulations on the promotion <laughs> thank you <laughs> it all came awesome. really fast <laughs> So what made you want to study software engineering? So I initially went into school with speech pathology, which is totally different from engineering. And I didn't know what I wanted to do in high school. So a lot of people where I grew up, their parents were doctors or in the medical field of some sort. So I feel like it was like, I feel like a lot of my high school was just really geared towards that, like, medical field, like, area, like, whether it be pharmacy or doctor or nurse or speech path even falls into that. So I just feel like a lot of my, my area was really geared towards that because that's what a lot of parents did. And I didn't really know many engineering parents. Like, I, I there was only, like, a handful and even now that I'm older and thinking back on it, I can still only think of those people, which is really crazy to me. And none of the people that I knew in high school were female engineers. So it honestly really turned me off. Like 
just from the lack of knowledge, like lack of representation, like it definitely felt like a boy field, like a male field. Um, I used to be really uh, non-confrontational and where it was like a male driven field and is a male driven field, like that was something that turned me off. So like basically just had like a lot of turnoffs, right? And I don't know if you all went into college in engineering, but I feel like anyone that is at first like not kind of nervous to go into engineering, it's because of that like turn off from like male domination. <laughs> um, so I think it really says something for us to be females and speaking about it because it does bring a lot of awareness and like empowerment to it. So I went in, I started speech path. Uh, I still didn't really know if that's what I wanted to do. That's just kind of what my counselor was like, you should do this. Like, it'd be great for you. And I was like, okay, whatever, like I'll do it. And that was kind of different for me because I was like a very driven student. Like I like had good grades, like I did accelerated classes in high school. So for me not to know, it was like kind of off. And then I got into college, I did my first semester, and my boyfriend, now husband, was in engineering. And he was like, I think you could do this. Like, I really, I really think that you could do it. Like, um, just like really encouraging. I mean, we were in calculus together in high school. And he was like, you know, we took calc in high school together. Like, I think you'd be great. Like, I think I like he just kept encouraging me, I think you could do this. And it was all because I started to say I really miss math. And I remember going into my freshman like counselor and we were planning out the classes for the next semester. And I was like, well, where's a math class? And they were like, oh, like you've completed everything. You won't have to take any more math classes. And I was like, wait, what? Like not even a stats? Like I was so concerned. And so that was like, really huge for me I was like man like I really miss math like how am I gonna like incorporate it because that was like one of my favorite subjects um it was something that I was always really good at I liked how it challenged me and like worked my brain and so after that that was when I decided okay I'm gonna switch to engineering um and then within that I had no idea what type of engineering uh, but in our freshman classes, they make you take a MATLAB class. And it was just every, I forget like exactly what it was called, like problem solving 102 or something like that. It was basically a problem solving class, but it was in MATLAB. And it was my first ever exposure to coding. And it's crazy because now I look back and I'm like, oh my God, I hate MATLAB. Like I would rather literally like... Right, right. I, like, I would rather spend, like, hours laying on hot coals than code in MATLAB. <laughs> and, but at the time, I was like, oh, my God, I love this. Like, this is great. I love how it was challenging me. Like, it was so new. Like, I would spend hours, like, just tinkering around in MATLAB. And then that's whenever I realized that I wanted to do something that involved coding. Um so I decided to major in computer engineering, which was more hardware side and uh, biometric systems, which is the like algorithms and technology behind like fingerprint scanning, eye scanning, facial recognition. Um, so lots of like pattern recognition. And that is where 
that's what drew in like the computer science and um, combining that together. Like I have enough to be a software engineer, <laughs> even though I didn't uh, major in computer science, those combined together. I had hell of a lot of experience, <laughs> honestly, too much experience, probably, probably could have gone without some of the hardware classes, but it's okay. <laughs> Do you think looking back, like, I'm going to ask a really out there question, but I'm asking it for a specific reason. Um, do you right. think looking back, like when you were deciding to major on something in college, subconsciously, do you think you felt like some imposter syndrome and that's why you didn't initially choose engineering? And and the reason I ask is because your story that you just shared about like how you, um, you initially were majoring in pathology and then you decided to change right. kind of reminded me of like the statistics that I hear a lot of times of how like a woman won't apply to an engineering job unless she has like, for example, 90% of their requirements, but a man, if he has like 50% or whatever the statistic is, he's like going to apply. I'm just wondering if there was like something going on there where like you like maybe thought you could do it 90% of the way. And that's why you didn't initially choose engineering. I don't know. It could be way off, but I just wanted to ask that question. Well, it definitely could have been because I think that's like what turned me off from being a doctor. Like, you know, I wasn't, I didn't go full on in into the medical field. I like was in it, but I like wasn't head, head diving first. Um, I think that could have been part of it, but I also really just feel like it was like lack of knowledge and lack of representation growing up and what I saw. I think that played a huge role on it. I think, uh, I was really, I was really careful about like how people perceived me growing up, especially, um, like definitely was a people pleaser, definitely had, definitely cared about like what people thought about me. And I think because of like my thought process of thinking like lack of representation, like lack of knowledge, male driven or male dominated, I was like, well, I just don't think I would fit in there. Right. I was like, I don't think I would fit in there. I think people would be like, Oh, that's weird that she's doing that. And I think that honestly, that played a much bigger role in my decision not to do engineering in the first place, because like, everyone knew that engineering involved a lot of math. And like, I knew I loved math. So it almost, <laughs> honestly kind of seems like the the direct answer to like what I should be doing or what I should have done. Um, but I really think that like, my ego and my like thinking about how other people would perceive me played a much bigger role than imposter syndrome ever did, if that makes sense. And that's something that I wish like I could go back and tell myself, like it does not care. People do not care like what you do, like totally. as long as, yeah, like as long as you are like enjoying it, like you're, you know, are able to be sustainable, have a good life, like, all of that like matters more than what people think about what field you're in. You know what I mean? And honestly, now looking at it, it's like people probably think I'm more of a badass for being an engineering versus you are. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, I think it, I think if I could go back and tell myself that it would be totally different. I still need to remind myself of that, but I completely I agree with that advice. <laughs> I'd love to dive into the process of kind of transferring over to the engineering major a little bit more. So did you initially take classes your first semester freshman year of speech, speech pathology? Um, yeah. Because I know you have to like apply into the engineering school usually when 
you apply to colleges. So can you speak a little bit more about that and maybe some challenges or maybe if the process was easy? Yeah, so for my specific school, it was pretty easy. So I went to West Virginia University. I probably should have mentioned that in my bio, but uh, went to WVU. It's about an hour south of Pittsburgh. And for me, it was fairly easy to transfer over. So I took my first semester, was doing all speech path classes. None of those applied to engineering whatsoever besides like the electives. Uh, you know, like the art history or like social studies or I don't know, whatever classes like that, that you would take anyways. But yeah, switching over was fairly easy. Uh, it did take a lot of meetings, I will say, but I didn't ever have to like apply. It was more so just like figuring out how I'm going to take the classes that I needed to because a lot of them were only offered in the first semester, which did make it kind of hard because uh, I felt like I was playing catch up, but then I wasn't able to take some of those classes because they were only offered in the fall semester. And then I was like, it puts me in a really odd position. And because of that, uh, that's actually why I ended up double majoring and taking on the computer engineering major because I was gonna graduate in the fall of 2019. And I was like, well, I might as well just tack on another uh, major that overlaps and graduate in the spring of 2020. And I'll have a double major and like my classes will work out better. I'm not gonna have to like overload myself certain semesters just to like be able to graduate and um, like make sure that I have like a really good balance, but also get everything that I need. Yeah. So not like super hard to transfer over, uh, more so just about the planning because you are coming in at like a really awkward time. Speaking of like planning and transferring into a different field, how did you like know that this was what you wanted to do? So did you have any internships or experience while you were in college so that you could like validate or confirm like, yes, this is something I like to do. This is something I want to pursue. Yeah. So I, I had, let's see, two different internships. Was it two? Yeah. Two different internships. Um, and then also like a research thing that I did on the side that, uh, was through my university that like, helped knowing what I wanted to do. Um, so I'll, sp I'll speak to that first. So I did a uh, research, like in, not independent, but I guess it was categorized as an independent study, but I worked with like a group of people, but it was in a biometric system. So we actually worked uh, doing data collection for the FBI. Uh, so there is a what? really big FBI office. <laughs> Yeah, there's Both a more big... are like, what? <laughs> that's such a big job. Like, there's... Uh, that's insane. <laughs> right. Yeah, so there's a really big FBI office um, about 45 minutes from WVU. Uh, so they actually have, like, a really good criminology and um, uh, what's it called? Like, criminal stuff. Detective works, no. Detective. Forensics, yes. Okay, okay. Forensics. <laughs> That's what I was trying to think of. So Dave, you has like a really great like uh, forensics department because they are like really closely knit to the FBI um, in the area. But we were doing data collection um, 
specifically for facial recognition and then some iris recognition and iris scanning um, for the FBI to do different like testing on different work on um, testing out different systems. I don't really know like a lot about their software that they were using, but in-house, we were also building our own uh, facial recognition to uh, test test out the data that we were collecting ourselves. And so that was really cool because it was all student driven. Um, we were all like helping each other. We were doing a lot of like the data cleanup, getting rid of messy stuff. Um, it was sometimes like just busy work going through pictures and videos, but like looking at the software that we were building or that other team members were building that was actually able to do pattern recognition was so freaking cool. Um, and so whenever I saw that, I was like, yep, that's, that's amazing. That's cool. That's where I really started to get more into the like software side of things, um, in other languages other than MATLAB. Uh, so like Python and, and C sharp and C plus plus all of that. Um, and then I ended up taking classes later on that like really, uh, dove into those specific languages. But at the time that was like one of the cooler things because, uh, it was something that I hadn't had seen done in MATLAB. And I was like, we're doing things that like the FBI is kind of doing. So I was like, that is just really, really neat. Um, so that was uh, like the research that I did. Uh, and it was, I did that for a year or two, I want to say. So just, I would say 10, 20 hours a week um, while I was in school. It was on my campus, really close, easy to get to. And then I did a summer internship for a pharmaceutical company, actually, and I worked in their IT department, uh, building out their uh, learning and development program. So what they house all of their uh, trainings on. Um, it was like a lot of HTML, CSS, like JavaScript type stuff, like a lot of web development, which I didn't really like, but it was a good, good time to learn that I didn't like it. Uh, but they had some really cool, like, development programs that, that I enjoyed. Um, so it was for Mylan. They are now closed, but they're the people that created the EpiPen, I believe. Um, what? That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they now, I think it's sold to like Pfizer or something, but a different pharmaceutical company. But at the time, like that's what they were known for. I think I don't think they're like running anymore. I kind of think that they might be shut down, but <laughs> whatever. Uh, I got my experience. Um, so, and then I had my last internship. This was the coolest one. It was in uh, the DC area. So I worked in Arlington for a company called Lidos and they were this specific uh, department that I was working with was automating ships. Uh, so they would get contracts from the government uh, for different size vessels. We were working on, I believe, like a medium sized vessel, but all of the software to automate the ship to completely run on its own. So that was what? really, really cool. Yeah. So I even got to go on a like automated testing vessel at one point. So it wasn't like one of the bigger ones that like it was driving itself. Uh, you know, we installed all the hardware on it, like the different racks. Um, 
and getting all the software, you know, of course I was an intern, so I wasn't like building out any of like the bigger software, but it was where I got introduced to scrum style method, uh, scrum style, like agile methodology for like meetings and, um, sprint planning and how to, uh, plan out your work according to like the sprint style. Uh, I got my scrum certification through them. It was like, that was cool. So it kind of set me up for like a program management position um, or project management position. And I learned a ton from them. So even though I didn't have my hand on any of like the bigger pieces of code, it's definitely where I learned the most. And it was probably the coolest to like say I did because it was an automated ship. <laughs> so, you know, using it to, um, you know, transport things without people on them. Uh, you know, I, I think one of the, like the main reasons was being able to send out ships in like disaster scenarios. So like, okay. you don't have to worry about any lives being lost because of the ship going through, um, like a hurricane or, you know, something crazy like that. But you know, uh, having supplies on there to make it to the other side to give to the people that are in need. I think that could have been one of like the reasons that they were working on it. Um, but it was like government funded. And uh, some of the reasons, you know, we weren't allowed to know or weren't allowed to talk about because of the government, obviously. So can't go into much detail. But uh, yeah, it's great that you were able to get such a variety of experience from research with the FBI to the internship that you didn't like, which I think is the best way to realize what you really want to pursue to oh, the internship that you loved. So that's right. awesome. So, yeah. So we touched on your transition from speech, speech. Oh my gosh. I'm like stuttering as I say. Yeah. <laughs> so we touched on that transition from switching majors. Can we talk a little bit about your transition to a manager role? I know you mentioned you're only a month in, but maybe can you touch on some things you've experienced so far in the transition? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I am only about a month in and I do have like a fairly small team. So I have four people underneath of me. And I think the biggest thing is learning different people's communication styles and work styles. So I've like worked with all of these people because I was on this team and then I transferred to the management position. So I knew all of these people. It's not like I'm taking on completely new people have to like create new relationships, but I, you know, I was working on my stuff and would collaborate with them occasionally, but some of these people I was only on with for meetings and we worked on completely different stuff. So now that I am over them and have to see, okay, this is how they work. This is how they like to be communicated to. They can take more pressure. They can't take this much pressure. Like, and really learning that about each and every person um, has been probably the biggest transition. Um, but also I think it really flexes your empathy muscle in, in different ways because like you, well, one, you, if, if they're falling behind on something and we all work from home, there could be something at home that is completely derailing their work. And so you have to like figure out how to talk to them about, you know, not getting in super personal, being like, I understand that things come up. 
but you know, these are the things that we said that we were going to get done this, this sprint, this month, whatever. So like really being able to balance that as well has also been a big challenge, but big thing that I'm uh, learning to, to deal with along with just time management. So the, you know, I, whenever I interviewed, I was like, yeah, I think my, my biggest struggle or like my biggest weakness is, um, like getting sidetracked really easily. And I was like, I struggle whenever I'm working on something and, you know, my dog comes in or my boyfriend comes in or, uh, like somebody emails me or my mom calls me, like whatever it is that, derails me from what I'm working on and they kind of laughed <laughs> and we're like well you're gonna get a lot more of that as a manager so like I hope you're prepared and not like to be mean or anything but I was like I, I was like I get it and I was like this is honestly one of the reasons that I'm wanting to challenge myself and that I applied for it because I knew that that type of uh derailing and multitasking and prioritizing various things at the same time is something that I need to work on. And that's why I applied to this because I want to challenge myself in that way. So um, that has definitely been something that I think because I was aware of it before I came in, it's been a little bit easier. Uh, but I'm constantly like, oh my gosh, here it goes again. Like somebody's emailing me, messaging me, and like somebody's calling me and my dog, here comes my dog. And lunch is ready and like all of this stuff and it's like all at once I have to figure out okay like how am I going to manage everything yeah oh my gosh I feel like um what you were saying kind of reminds me of a growth mindset when you were saying that you know yeah. this is something that like you want to work on and I feel like a lot of engineer type people that I talk to have growth mindsets so are there any aspects of like getting your engineering degree that you think prepared you for having a manager type role so specifically like my engineering courses, uh, there was a few classes that definitely prepared me for this type of management position. But I would say that most of my like leadership uh, experience or preparation came from outside things. Uh, so some in the in university, uh, some, you know, outside of university, but within my actual classes, there was only like a handful that really put me in like the the management perspective or like the bird's eye view to like delegate tasks and see what the big picture is and um be able to plan things out uh so one of those was my operating system class so we had to build out an operating system um our teacher like did a really great job of kind of uh, time managing us a bit being like, okay, within these two weeks, like you need to work on this. And then the next month you should be working on this kind of like setting the pace for us. But then beyond that and giving us the criteria, like, obviously we were like really on our own on like delegating tasks and, uh, managing your team and doing documentation and various things like that. So that was one, that was probably the first class that I was like, I think I might want to be a manager like one day. So I'm going to declare myself as the manager <laughs> because nobody else wanted to. And, um, 
you know, I was, I was the one that was like, took on the delegating task and making sure things were done and like keeping tabs on people and like checking in and, and different things like that. So that was probably the class that prepared me the most as a manager, but like, I don't think I knew the breadth of like what a manager position really came with. Um, until I started actually working in the industry, like talking to other managers, talking to my own boss about like what he likes and dislikes, like what, you know, he's working on as a manager. Uh, I'm really fortunate in that I have a boss that is very open and really communicative and just honestly, just a really great human being. And so, you know, I can always like go to him and he's very open about what he's working on, his perspective, his, his opinions, um, you know, what I can work on. Like, we just have a very open dialogue and like, I really appreciate that. And I think that his, uh, understanding and empathy towards me at times has helped me learn that that's like how I like, or what I want to grow into as a manager myself. And, you know, that was even before, uh, this management position came up, you know, he was, he was showing me management and leadership like qualities that I was like, I feel like I should work on that. Or, you know, I'm going to take this uh, piece of info from him and implement it in my own work style or my own life. So you touched on, you know, learning how the people that report to you, how they work best is a big mm -hmm. part of being a manager. Can you talk about your strategy? Like, do you discuss, did, you know, first day on the job, did you discuss this with them before or is this kind of something you tried to subtly catch on to? So it is something that I actually took the time to discuss with them. Uh, so I think like, I mean, you're not gonna know unless you ask kind of thing. Like that's, I don't know, that's the way I think, that's the easiest way, that's the most open way, I think. Um, and so our first one-on-one -on -one meetings with everybody, I asked them uh, what they like to do, what they don't like to do, what they wish they could do more of, um, you know, their like preferred style of communicating, um, like, you know, if they would rather me be hands-off, if they, you know, like to uh talk about how their day is going before we get into the actual work stuff. Uh, I'm like a very flexible person. So I mean, if if the person that I'm working with wants to talk for 10 minutes about our dogs, like so be it, like I could go on all day, like, yes, please, let's talk about our dogs. But, uh, you know, I'm also the type of person that if they come in and they're like, I am having a really long day and I just want to get this done. I'll be like, okay, let's put our heads down. Like, let's get it done. Let's screen share, figure it, figure this out. Like, sure, let's let's get get this done so you can end your day. And like, now that you have this past you, you are able to like live more like freely, and your head's more clear, and like your mind is in a better place. Um, like, I don't want pent up anxiety for them talking about whatever if they all they want to do is get the get the work done um and you know that could be an individual to individual it could be like a day-to-day -day type of thing for some people um and so I made that really clear to them as well like you know I I want to know how you're feeling and you know that's you can be as personal as you want uh but basically what I meant by that is I want to make sure that I'm here to support you and do what I can 
best for you. And so if that means keeping our meetings short and getting straight to the point, then like, let's do that. And if that changes tomorrow to, I watched a really great show on Netflix and I think you would like it. And I want to tell you about it for 10 minutes. Then like, that's great too. Um, and so, you know, them being open with me, I want to be open with them as well. So same thing kind of goes. And, you know, if I'm trying to get something done really quick, or if I have back to back meetings, I will just be open about that up front. And so we're not getting to the end and I'm like trying to rush and, and do something. Um, so I think like just having that open style communication and building that trust between each person, because it's not going to be built automatically, but being open about it and building that trust um, has has really led to great relationships so far. I mean, I, I'm a month in managing uh, these folks, but so far, so good is what I will say. Awesome. Well, we ask our interviewees one last question. Knowing what you know now, what is one thing you would tell your younger self? Yeah, oof. So I do think like a lot of like what I'm exploring personally right now for myself is just how I've grown into like trusting myself, confidence within myself and like not focusing as much on what other people think about me. And I feel like that is a soft skill that like can be applied regardless of like what industry, what company you work for, like even like what job you have. That is something that I could like really, I, I wish I could go back and like really push to myself, um, especially whenever I was in high school, because it would have changed the game for me. Like I could have gone straight into college with engineering. Like there's like so many different paths that I, I could have seen myself going if I would have like had more confidence and trust in myself and didn't care as much about what people perceived of me. Um but from like an engineering standpoint, oh my gosh, this is like such a great question. Probably like not, I mean, this kind of goes along with it, but not to put as much pressure on myself in college because I like really missed out on some really cool things in college because I put so much pressure on myself to get certain grades in certain classes. And Sometimes those experiences will carry you a lot more than courses or grades in a class. So I'm not telling you to like get D's or anything, but, uh, you know, definitely like weigh out experiences because they can really impact you, give you a network, you make connections, you build those soft skills, you build like you build the skills that you don't learn in a lot of these classes. Like, admittedly, I will say, like, I don't really feel like I grew a lot of soft skills in my engineering courses besides, like, discipline and work ethic. But, like, communication or, like, empathy and, um, like, some, some teamwork in, in classes. But, like, I feel like a lot of those I grew outside in you know, extracurriculars or like things I took upon myself. Uh, and so sometimes those experiences will carry you so much farther than your classes. And that's really worth knowing, especially early on in college. Yeah, 
definitely. Well, thank you so much, Caroline, for being a part of our podcast episode today. If our listeners want to follow you, plug yourself, where can they find you on the internet? Okay, so this is my dogstagram, but it's where I am. <laughs> uh, it's what I'm mainly on. Um, I do post like more personal stuff on there as well. So it's not all like dog treats or like dog toys or anything, but yeah. Uh, I talk all about like mental health on there as well. So if you're into that stuff, if you're into like personal development, mental health, but splashes or half dog stuff, fun things, um, you can follow me at dog mom mentality. So all one word. Um, And I also have a podcast as well where I talk about uh, how our pets have emotionally affected us, learning lessons from them and applying it to your everyday life. And that's also called dog mom mentality. So feel free to check me out there as well. That was awesome. I am so glad we were able to have Caroline on the podcast. I feel like we don't have a lot of, you know, computer science, computer engineering, software engineering backgrounds on here. And I'm always so intrigued because, and I love that she talked about MATLAB because I love yeah. to hate on MATLAB. Sorry. I love that. to hate on MATLAB. <laughs> it's just so fun. But um, <laughs> that was awesome. I know. I think it's uh, more power to her that she actually enjoyed MATLAB and found her passion for computer science through that because, oh my God, did I want to throw my computer against the wall anytime I tried to use MATLAB in college. But, um, you know, yeah, that was really interesting to hear her perspective. And okay, something that um, fascinates me about like, computer science and software engineering is there's so many programs like I feel like when you talk like mechanical specifically when you talk about like 3d CAD software CAD modeling software we all are kind of thinking about the same thing but mm-hmm. computer science there's literally so many like languages it's crazy that's why it's intimidating to me yeah and that research opportunity that sounded so cool it's just there's so many things you can do with it and I wish I was inclined that way so you know but I'm just I know. not I'm having trouble with Microsoft Word, man. Just, sometimes sometimes my page breaks don't work and like one one is horizontal, one landscape portrait. What the heck is going on? So I try, okay. I try so hard. So this was such an amazing episode. Be sure you guys are leaving a five-star rating and review if you like this episode. Um, and take a screenshot of that rating and review, send it into our Google form. It will be um, entering you in a chance to win a $100 Visa gift card for our giveaway that we will be doing. And like we said earlier in the episode, go check out our Instagram. We have our event coming up in two coming up in two weeks. So stay tuned and get your seat because we have limited seats. Where can they find you if they want to learn more from you, Lexi? If you want to learn all things comical engineering, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at engineerlexi. And where can they find you, Libby? You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Libby Beyond the Label. I'm Lexi. And I'm Libby. And thanks for listening listening to my best best friends friends and engineer. engineer.